tonight. We love and appreciate Brother Rouse. He don't need an introduction here tonight. I want him to come obey the Holy Ghost. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this pulpit again tonight. Appreciate you, Come on, I want him to give that to the Lord tonight. Come on, you ought to lift your voice like a trumpet. Come on, anybody glad? I said, is anybody glad? Does anybody feel like David tonight? I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when somebody said, hey, it's church time. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, you ought to clap your hands with all your heart. You ought to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, yes, a voice that says, I'm still here. God's still good to me. God, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. I believe I probably say it every time I get this mic, but there is no place I'd rather be. Amen. Than to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. There is no other, no other place, no other longing in my soul, but this is my desire. Amen. To be in the house of the Lord. Amen. To stand in his presence, to give him glory, to give him honor, to give him praise. You know why? Because he has been good to me. I said he has been good to me. He has been faithful to me. Amen. Much better to me than I deserve. Hallelujah. What a faithful God we serve. If you have your Bibles, amen. This is what's been burning on my heart. Amen. Hosea chapter 2. Amen. Beginning with verse 15. Just a simple passage. Hosea 2 verse 15. Amen. Give honor to Pastor Moore, Sister Moore. Amen. So good to see everyone here in the house of the Lord tonight. I believe it's God's will for someone to leave here tonight different than the way they've come. Amen. And that has been the heartbeat of this service tonight. And I know that what God has given me, amen, it goes right along with what he is already doing here in this house tonight. Amen. Hosea chapter 2 verse 15. God said, I, and I will give her vineyards from thence and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. Read it again. It says, And I will give her her vineyards from thence, and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there, as in the days of her youth, and as in the day when she came up out of the land of of Egypt. I wonder would you lay your Bibles down? I wonder would you stretch your hands up toward heaven one more time all across this house? I wonder would you begin to prepare your heart? Lord, I need you right now. Come on, I wonder would you submit yourself for a few moments right here in this house? Come on, would you take a little bit of time to let the Lord know that you need him tonight, God? Lord, we are desperate for you, Lord. We didn't just come tonight to just be here. We didn't come, uh, God, just to go through the motions. But, Lord, we need you right now, God. Uh, we need you more than ever before, God. Uh, Lord Jesus, I humbly come before you. I pray that you'd empty me of myself, my own ideas, uh, my own opinions. Lord, I pray that you'd fill me with your holy anointing God. Uh, Lord I pray God that you would work and operate in this house tonight God. Uh, do a spiritual surgery on somebody's heart tonight God. Uh, Lord I pray God that you would let somebody know that you're still able in this house tonight God. It is your anointing that destroys uh, every yoke of bondage. It is your anointing that lifts the heavy burdens uh, off the shoulders of your people God. Uh, Lord you are awesome and you are mighty in this house. Uh, open up the prison doors to them that are, that are bound up God. Uh, Lord cry out in the 
darkness and cause somebody out into your marvelous light, God. And if any good thing would happen in this house tonight, Lord, let it be said it was because of your anointing. Would you clap your hands one more time? I wonder can somebody begin to call on that wonderful name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Salvation belongs to that name, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about this simple little thought. When God turns trouble into a door. Amen. When God turns trouble into a door. Uh, when I hear or when I read about the valley of Achor, uh, probably like a lot of you here tonight, my mind immediately goes back to a man named Achan. As I hear the, the mention of that valley of Achor, I begin to recall the first time that it's ever mentioned in the Word of God takes me back to Joshua, the 7th chapter, and, and we find that God had commanded the children of Israel not to take anything from the city of Jericho, but that everything that was there was consecrated. It was dedicated to God. Uh, uh, any other city after this, they could have the spoils thereof. Uh, but this city, the, the spoils were dedicated to God. Uh, uh, were, in a sense, this was his tithing. This belonged to him. Uh, it was consecrated and dedicated to him. And every man, uh, uh, they knew we cannot take any of the silver. Uh, we cannot take any of the gold. We cannot partake uh, of any of the garments that are there. Uh, but all of this belongs to God. Uh, it is his victory that he has given us. Uh, and all the spoils of this battle belong to him. Uh, but somewhere in Achan's heart as he, uh, as he looked out and he saw uh, uh, some things lying there. He saw the 50 shekels of gold uh, and the 200 shekels of silver uh, and a Babylonian garment. He looked out at it and he said I've got to have these things for myself I've got to partake of this for myself and he takes it and he hides it in his tent can I tell you tonight that there is nothing that is hidden from the Lord there is nothing that is camouflaged from his greatness and from his glory and I pray here in the house of the Lord tonight that you would shake yourself that you would realize your only way to move forward your only way to have victory in your life uh, is to come clean with God uh, is to make up your mind uh, I'm not going to hide anything from him uh, I'm not going to take what belongs to him uh, I'm not going to defile the holy things uh, but I'm making up my mind uh, hey God I want you to move uh, and work and operate in my life hallelujah and because of this man's sin because he failed to follow the commandments of God, it not only caused him trouble, but it brought trouble to everyone that was around him. Because of this so-called hidden sin, Israel is defeated in battle at Ai. A battle that they should have easily won. A trial that they should have easily overcome. But yet they find themselves defeated in battle. 
And God reveals to the man of God, Joshua, that there is sin in the camp. There is something that needs to be dealt with. And can I tell you tonight that sin will cause us to be defeated over and over and over again. Undealt with sin will cause us to beat our head up against the wall over and over and over again. We'll find ourselves stuck in that rut. We'll find ourselves in a place where even when we try to move forward, we're hindered because we're holding on to things that are not pleasing to God. Because we're holding on to things that are not like God. Or we're holding on to things that God said, I don't want you to have anything to do with. And in order for Israel to have victory in their lives, that sin had to be dealt with. There had to come a day when it was laid aside, when it was buried and put out of sight. Can I tell you, if you're ever going to move forward, you've got to make up in your mind, I can't hold on to the things of this world and have victory in my life. I can't hold on to the things of the world and expect God to fight my battles. Jesus, I can't have the best of both worlds. I've got to make up my mind. Hey, it's all of him or it's all of my flesh. I don't want to straddle the fence. God, I want to be all in. Sin had to be dealt with. And in Joshua 7, 24, just hang on a minute, we're going somewhere. Joshua 7, 24, and Joshua and all, the, and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the garment, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them into the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? Can I tell you, notice that Joshua pointed out to Achan that not only has your sin troubled you, but it's troubled us. Your sin has troubled everyone that is around you. Sin naturally brings trouble. Sin naturally does things that not only affect me, but they affect everyone around me. The choices that I make when Achan reached out and grabbed that shekel of, uh, those shekels of gold and those shekels of silver, uh, he wasn't thinking about it affecting his children. But can I tell you, it affected his children. It affected everything in his life. Oh, God, help us to realize that the decisions I make not only affect me, but they affect my children. Hey, because sin brings trouble to everyone involved. Sin brings trouble in our homes and in our lives. And Joshua said, The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire. After they had stoned them with stones, and they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Oh, it's this act of Achan, the sin that he committed, and, and, and how it was dealt with in this valley where the valley got its name. The Valley of Achor. 
are or the valley of trouble. This was a time of trouble for the children of Israel. But what happened in that valley, although it was ugly, although it was, it didn't feel good, although it didn't look good, and even when we read it, it just sounds bad. It's something that causes us to cringe sometimes because of the violence and because of how gory and how ugly of a situation that it was. But can I tell you what? Once sin was dealt with, once sin was handled, a victory returned unto the people of God. And once you deal with sin in your life, it might be ugly, it might not be pretty, it might not feel good, it might hurt to lay it down, but when you lay it down, God will give you victory in your life. It may have looked like a stopping point, but it was a door, it was a passageway for them to get to from where they were to where God wanted them to be. That valley, valley of Achor means trouble, as we've already said. But it became a proverb unto them. It became a saying to them. When they would be facing hard times in their lives, they would say something like, yeah, I've been going to the valley of Achor here lately. And all of us, we have our terms and our terminology that we use uh, when we're walking through the valley. We may say, yeah, I've been going through the valley. Uh, or yeah, I've been on a roller coaster here lately. It's been crazy uh, in my life. And so it was for them. Uh, hey, they realized uh, this was a bad place. The valley of Acor, the valley of trouble. Uh, hey, it wasn't a pretty sight. Uh, but I want to let somebody know here in the house of the Lord tonight uh, that God made a promise. Uh, he said, I can take the valley of trouble. Uh, I can take the valley of Acor and I can give it to you as a door of hope. Can I tell you some of the toughest times in your life? The enemy tells you this is the end. This is where it's finished. This is where it's over. But it could be a place of emptying out. It could. I said it could be a place where you get rid of every weight. You get rid of every hindrance. And you say, God, show me the door. I want to step into it. I want to transition from where I am into what you have for me. I don't want to be held back by my failure. But God, show me the door. God said, I want to give you that trouble as a door. Of hope. The word door means an opening, a door, or an entrance way. Oh, the enemy says this is where you're going to die. But God says, I've got a door right in the midst of your trouble. I've got a passageway for you. Hey, if you'll just hold on, you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, it's in those moments in our life when we're going through the valley of Acor. We feel like I'll never make it out of this alive. I'll never be the same again. Can I tell you that might be what God is trying to do in your life. He might be trying to mold you. He might be trying to shape you into the man or the woman that he desires for you to be. It's God's will. Not to leave you in the valley, but it's God's will to use it as a door in your life, to use it as a moment in you when you realize God's got me and God is on my side and God's working it out, not for my enemy's good, but for my good. When I thought it was all over, God put a door, God turned my trouble 
Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Paul said, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Can I tell somebody tonight, God is faithful. It doesn't matter your temptation. It doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter where you're walking right now. God is faithful. It doesn't matter if it looks like there's no way out of this. God is faithful. It might look like this is a dead end for me, but God is faithful. And right in the middle of what you're facing, Paul said, hey, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear if you get to the place in the valley where you feel like you can't take another step just start looking for a door because God said I'm not going to leave you without I'm not going to leave you without hope I'm not going to leave you in the valley but I'm going to put a door that's going to be a transition from your trouble into what my plan is what my purpose is for your life when God turns trouble into a door hell can't stop it the lion spirit can't stop it there's nobody that can stand in the way there's no man that can stop you there's nothing that can stop God from opening the door in your life Can I tell you when God opens a door no man can shut it when God opens a door, no fear can shut it. When God opens a door, no mental anxiety can shut it. Because when God steps in, he says, I'm here to bring you through. I know you've been walking through it for a long time. I know you've been facing it for a long time and you're starting to feel like you can't take anymore but I'm still your God I'm still your deliverer can I tell you the devil thought he had me but God the devil thought I was washed up but God the enemy thought he killed me but God God is faithful I said God he is faithful Hallelujah. The enemy would love to make you think you're in it all by yourself. That you're in it all alone. But God said, I'm there with you. The enemy says, I've given you that trouble to destroy you. To tear you down. But God said, I know how to turn trouble into a door. I know how to take a blocked passageway. You feel like all, you're, all you are is stuck in a rut. And I know how to put a door right there. And I know how to give you the power to step through it. Oh, God, help us to realize, hey, God is not your enemy. God is not your foe. God is not against you. But God said, if I can turn your trouble into a door, that's exactly what I want to do in your life. I'm telling you, don't throw in the towel before you get to the door. Don't give up before you get to the door. Just let God keep stripping those things out of your life. It's not like him. You let Keep letting him work on your mind and work on your spirit and work on your heart and before you know it, he'll bring you to another level. He'll bring you up out of the miry clay. He'll put your foot on a rock. 
I said he'll establish your goings. He'll give you a made up mind and say, hey, I'm going all the way. When it feels like I can't take another step, God, show me the door. Instead, instead of seeing that valley as a place of destruction, could you look at it as a place of emptying out and stripping out those things that's not quite like God? Those ideas that we hold on to in our head, that God said, let me take that from you. Let me take your own ideas and opinions from you and let me put my thoughts there. Let me put my words there. Let me put my strength in you. Let me tell you. Let, let me give you something that will keep you when the night's long. But I want to let somebody know that weeping, it might endure for a night. And it might feel like a year or two years sometimes. But one day that sun's going to shine again. And you're going to realize, oh, I might not have saw it yesterday when I was walking through it. But when I look back over my life, I can see the fingerprints of God all over over my mind. Hey, I'd be a basket case today if it hadn't been for the hand of God, if it hadn't been for the mercy of God. But God took my trouble. He said, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to squash you. But I'm going to turn it into a door. You can be seated. The three Hebrew children they find themselves walking through their valley of Acor, walking through their valley of trouble. The world gave them two options. They said, you either bow or you burn. That was what was presented to them. Well, I've come to present somebody another option tonight, God. <laughs> the world says, this is all you either going to bow to us or you're going to burn. You're going to be destroyed. Oh, but God is faithful. I said, but God is faithful. Hey, when the devil is fighting against your mind, hey, sometimes he leaves out the most important option of all. He tries to convince you, here's your options right here. You need to remind the devil, I've got a greater option. Hey, I've got something better. You say, I'm going to bow or either I'm going to burn. Hey, what about my God that's able? What about my God that can bring me through the fire? Hey, the devil will try to convince you this is the only option. But God said, I can walk with you through the fire. I can walk with you through the flood. I can be with you. No matter where you're at, God can turn it around. You see, the, the, the three Hebrew children, oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they may have changed their names. They may have tried to change a lot about them, but they couldn't change who their God was. They still had confidence in the God of Israel. They still had confidence in the God that parted the Red Sea. They still had confidence in the God that parted the Jordan River. They still had confidence in the God that brought Israel out with a high hand. They still had confidence in a God that never failed. They still had confidence in a God like
like Isaiah saw when he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train, his train, he's won so many victories, I couldn't count them all. He's had so many triumphs, I couldn't tell you about all of them. Time would fail me, like the writer of Hebrews 11, time would fail me to tell you of all the great things men and women did by faith. Time would fail me to tell you of all the great victories that God has won. In Daniel 3 and 17, I said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Now, if we stop right there, that would be good. But they said, we just want you to know something, king. But if not, if for some reason, I know God can do it, Pastor Moore. But if for some reason God chooses not to, I still got a made up mind. God help me, Jesus. I know he can bring me through the fire. But if for some reason he sees fit not to, he's still my God. Hey, what is that song say? He's already done enough for me. I'm not going to bend my knee. I'm not going to bow. Hey, you might take my life around here, but I'm going to live forever. One day I'm going to walk down streets of gold. I'm going to live in a mansion I didn't have to work for. I didn't have to lay a brick on. I didn't have to build. Hey, but he, will, he is going to prepare a place for me. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And I just felt prompted in the Holy Ghost to say this right here. It's time for somebody to make a declaration to the enemy tonight. I'm going to serve God with all my heart. God help me, Jesus. It's time for you to do away with any doubt. It's time for you to just go ahead and let the king of this world know, hey, I'm not going to bow my knee to your idols. I'm not going to worship at your altars, but God has called me to his altar. And at his altar, I might have to lay some things down. I might have to get rid of some things in my life. Hey, but I'm making up my mind. He's able to deliver me. He's able to keep me. Hey, I want you to realize I love him. I care about him. I care about what he thinks in my life. And I will not fail him now. I will not let go now. I've made up my mind. Hallelujah. Ooh, the king. He says, you know what? That's all right. I'm going to have you bound. And I'm going to cast you into the furnace. <laughs> the flames are so hot that even the mightiest guards are consumed by the heat when the door is opened up. And they throw them in. The king thought, I've got it all figured out. Hallelujah. God help me, Jesus. He said, I've got one, two, three of them. And they're giving me fits. If I let them stay around, they might convince somebody else that there's a better life. If I let them stand tall, they might convince somebody else that they don't have to bow to the ways of the world. So I'm just going to take care of number one. I'm going to take care of number two. And I'm going to take care of number three. He had it all worked out. He had it all figured out in his mind. And these three men, verse 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste 
and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast in three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto him, unto the king, True, O king. Then he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hey, the king thought, I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to do away with them. Hey, but he misfigured. He, he miscalculated. He only counted three. But when he looked again, he said, I see one. I see two. I see three. Hey, where did that fourth man come from? He don't look like anybody else, but he looks like a God. He looks like the Son of God. I've come to tell somebody the devil thought he had you, but he didn't figure it up right. He didn't add it up right. He left God out. And when God steps in, he'll bring you through. When God steps in, he'll put a door. I said he'll put a door right in the middle of your trouble. He'll put a door. When the devil says no, God said yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the king said, I gotta work that. The king said, I got enough authority to do what I want to do. But there's one with more authority than the devil ever thought to have. I said, there's one with more authority than any man in this world could ever have. And his name is Jesus. Woo, and when I go in the flame, the devil says this to you. But God said, this is just a transition. God said, I can turn it into a door. I can take this valley you're walking through and I can turn it around in your life. The king said, this is where I put some X's beside your name. This is where I write you off. But I'll tell you what happened. The situation did not end in death. It did not end in failure. It did not end in defeat. But it ended in a promotion. These three men that the king thought to destroy, i tell you what he did when he saw the power of their God. He said, I can't fight against something like this. I can't be victorious against something like this. Hey, I might as well promote them. I might as well bless them. I've come to let you know today God knows how to turn your trial. God knows how to turn your trouble into a promotion. Hey, I'm not just talking about on your job, but I'm talking about in the spirit. He knows how to take you deeper. He knows how to put gifts on the inside of you. He knows how to use you for his glory. Hallelujah. You can be seated. He said, he said no. He said, I'm going to destroy you. But God said, I'm going to, I'm not scared of the fire. God said, I'm not scared of the trial you're walking through. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Moore, sometimes in our lives, as people that we think are our friends, a lot of times they are. But sometimes we find ourselves walking through difficult situations. And they want to call us. They want to encourage us. But the truth is sometimes they just don't know what words to say. What, how, do I, how do I comfort somebody? That's what I always wonder. How, how, do you, how do you help somebody that's grieving with the loss 
or their father or their mother? Or how do you help somebody that's doing it? What's, Brother Ford, what's the right words to say? And, and sometimes we get intimidated and we want to help people and we want to reach out to them, but we're kind of scared of the situation. We're scared we'll say the wrong thing. We're scared we'll do the wrong thing. We're scared that our action, our deed of good will be seen in a negative light. But I've come to tell you, there's a God. He's never afraid to step into your situation with you. He's never afraid to get involved with you. Hey, we might be saying, you know what? I don't really want to get involved. That might, might get a little messy. I don't want to be seen as taking sides. But God said, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. Hey, God can reach into an untouchable situation. God can reach into a place where anything I do might be the wrong thing. But God can do it. And God can fix it. And God can say, you just give me your trouble. You just give me your, your hopeless situation. And I'll give you that hopeless situation as a door of hope. I'll put an entranceway. I'll put a transition right in the middle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stretch your hands up toward heaven? I wonder, would you lift your voice? Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. I come to tell somebody tonight, this situation you're walking through right now, this valley you've been living in day in and day out, it's not the end. Oh, but God's turning your valley into a door. God's turning the valley of Acor into a place of hope for you. God said, I'm going to give you that valley as a testimony. I'm going to give you that valley as a reminder. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything that I cannot do for you? Is there any trial too big that I can't see you through? Is there any fire too hot that I cannot deliver you out of? Is there anything too hard for me. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, hell would love to convince you. Hell would love to convince you. The evil forces, the spirits would love to convince you. I said it would love to talk you in, whisper in your ear and tell you God's forgotten about you. God's over you. God's finished with you. God loved you. He wouldn't let you walk through the place you're walking through. If God cared about you, He wouldn't allow you to suffer the way that you're suffering. If God really loved you and your family, why would He allow that to happen in your life? Why would He allow you to struggle the way that you're struggling? Why would He allow you to go through what you're going through? And God said, if you would just hold on. If you'll just let me, you'll see that I'm painting a much bigger picture in your life. I'm doing something in you that the enemy can't stop. I'm doing something in you that the enemy can't even comprehend. I'm doing something in you that if the devil even realized what he was doing, can I tell you, Brother Ford, that's what Calvary was like. He said, hey, if they really understood what they were doing when they hung me on the cross, they would have never done it. They would have never crucified me. Can I tell you, if Satan really knew what God's doing in your life, if he really saw the trial that you're walking through, the way that God's going to use it to be 
benefit you, how God's going to use it to grow you in the spirit. He would have never even allowed you to walk through that trial. He would have guarded you from it himself. But God said, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and use it for my glory. And I'm going to use it in your life. And just like Calvary looked like defeat, hey, when they hung Jesus on that cross, it looked like it was over. It looked like it was finished. But baby, I come to tell you, on the third day, death couldn't contain him. Hell, death in the grave could not keep him down. But he rose. I said he rose. And Satan's trying to keep you in the valley. But God said, I'm going to put a door. And I'm going to roll it open. I'm going to open it up for you. And you're going to step through with life and power and victory. If I can make the way to the music. Amen. You can be seated for a few moments. Hallelujah. For some reason, for some reason in my mind, I'm, I'm feeling like I may have used this illustration here. But if I did, just bear with me. I'm going to do it again. You know, Jacob had a boy named Joseph. Gave him a coat, many colors. Joseph was not just daddy's favorite, but the hand of God was on his life. He was a young man that had dreams. Not just you ever, your, your average dreams, but he had dreams that were given to him by God. Dreams that said, Joseph, I've got something great laid out for you. I've got something special laid out for you. I've got some great things that I'm going to do in your life. And Joseph held on to those promises. And even his daddy, even though he, he kind of chided him a little bit when he said, do you think me and your mother's ever going to bow down to you? The Word of God says that he kept that and he held on to it and he knew there's something special. There's something happening in this boy's life. There's something that God is doing for him. But when his sons come, and in their hands they have that bloody coat, that coat of many colors, and they present it to Jacob, and they say, you tell me, you tell us, is this Joseph's coat or is it not? They didn't tell him how he died. They didn't even tell him whether or not he was dead or, or whatever had happened to him. They just presented him with some evidence that said, tell me, is this your boy's coat or no? And he clutches onto that coat. And he says, a wild beast has rent my boy in pieces. Surely he's dead. Can I tell you what hell would love to do, what Satan would love to do in your life? He would love to convince you with some false evidence. He would love to hand you a bloody coat and say, now you tell me about that bloody coat. I wonder if you'd stretch your hands up toward heaven right now. And he says, now Jacob, what are you going to make out of that bloody coat? Surely my boy's dead. Now what about 
Joseph's dreams? What about what God told him he was going to do in his life? All that's in vain. None of that's going to happen. God, I thought you loved my boy. God, I thought you had your hand on his life. But now all I got left is a bloody coat. I want to preach to somebody in the house of the Lord tonight that Jacob couldn't see it at the time. But God had already gone before him. And God said, all you can see is a bloody coat. But I see the promise that I'm fulfilling in Joseph's life. All you can see is false evidence that's trying to convince you that it's finished and it's over. But God said, I'm turning your trouble into a door. A door of deliverance. A door that'll keep you. A door that's going to save your family. And I'm about to get a little bold in the Holy Ghost. But Satan has tried to convince you with that bloody coat that it's over, that it's finished. But God could be using and is using this situation in your life to not only save you, but to save your family. I wonder, could you reach out to him all across the house of the Lord right now? God, it don't feel good. But God said, I know what I'm doing in your life. God, I don't like it. But God said, I know what I'm doing in your life. God said, I know what I'm doing in your life. Jacob, Joseph's not dead yet. Jacob, the promise is still alive. And when you think God is letting you down, God says, I'm already ten steps ahead of you. I'm already laying out a path for you to walk down. I'm already storing up provision for your future. I'm already making a way not just for you, but for your entire family to be saved. God never gives up on His promise. God never throws in the towel on His Word. But He stands by it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I wonder, would you cry out to him right now all across this sanctuary? When God turns trouble into a door, Joseph told his brothers, he said, yeah, I know you meant it for evil in my life, but God's hand was on me. And what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. What you thought was going to destroy me. You thought the shackles were going to take me out. (laughs) You thought the bondage was going to bury me. (laughs) Hallelujah. But God made a way in my life. And when God made a way for me, He made a way for all of you. He made a way for us. 
He made a way for Father. He made a way for the family. He made a way to keep us safe and to keep us alive. Oh, I'm going to declare life in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm going to tell somebody it's time to lay down the bloody coat. It's time to destroy the false evidence that Satan has presented you with. It's time to take back the promise of God. It's time to stand on that promise and say no matter how dark it looks, there's going to be a door in this valley somewhere. There's going to be a way out of this thing somewhere. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not giving up because it looks bad. I'm not giving up because it feels hopeless. God's still God no matter how I feel. God's still a way maker. No matter what my emotions say, He's still able. You see, Satan would love for you to make a snap decision that says, you know what? That evidence is pretty overwhelming. That must be what happened to my boy. That must be what happened. God really doesn't care, does he? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I was you, and if I was able, I would jump up with that bloody coat of my hands tonight. And I would make my way down to this altar. And I would lay that bloody coat on the altar and I would say, God, the devil told me this is what it was about. But God, I'm laying it and I'm giving it to you right now. The devil thought he had me. The devil had me convinced that I would never be uh, never be what you wanted me to be. But God, I'm laying it on the altar tonight. The devil had me convinced that I would never overcome. That I would never come through. Oh, but I'm laying that on the altar tonight. I'm laying those lies on the altar tonight. I'm laying that falsehood on the altar tonight. As for me and my house, we're going to be saved. We're holding on to the promise. I said we're holding on to the promise. Oh, God, help us in this house tonight, God. Oh, God, help us in this place tonight, God. Lord, you're able to turn it around. All things work, work together for the good of them who are the called according to his purpose. Oh. God, I'm laying it down. God, I'm laying down the false evidence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I'm going to choose to stand on your promise tonight. God, I'm going to choose to stand on every word you've ever spoken over my life. There's power. I said there's power in God's promises. Ooh, there's something solid to stand on. I said there's something solid to lean on. Oh, you won't be destroyed when you stand on the promise. Oh, God, help us in this house. Hallelujah. 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 When God turns trouble into a door. I said when God turns trouble into a door. 
Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to be reassured in the Holy Ghost tonight. Somebody needs to be reassured in the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, I'm giving you some evidence that God is still on your side. I'm giving you some real evidence to dispute the false evidence of the devil tonight. I'm giving you some evidence tonight uh, that you can stand on, uh, that you can put your confidence in, uh, that you can believe in. Uh, go ahead and wash the goat's blood off your hands. Uh, go ahead and wash the goat blood off your hand uh, and say there's a greater blood at work uh, and it's the blood of Jesus. Uh, I don't have to believe the lie, uh, but I'm going to stand on the promise. Uh, I'm going to stand on the price uh, that was paid for me. Would you reach out to God right now?
Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
something about the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody in the house, call on the name of Jesus right now. Come on, everybody in the house, let's call on the name of Jesus. God wants to give us a breakthrough. I said, God wants to give us a breakthrough. Hallelujah. A breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. Outpourings of the Spirit. Come on. God wants to do mighty things, greater things. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Fill the hungry, Lord. Satisfy the thirsty. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Heal us in our spirit today, God. Oh, let faith arise in our hearts and our minds. The more than ever before. Thank God for the word that we've heard in this house tonight. up to us as individuals to make up in our minds and hearts and spirit I'm bring the coat I'm going to leave it on the altar I'm going to quit letting the naysayers and sometimes 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 we're our own worst enemy sometimes it's not necessarily all of them but it's us. And it's what we allow. Allow him. But we're not going to listen to him. We're going to listen to the man of God. We're going to listen to the voice of God. To the word of God. Because that's what we believe in tonight. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. That's just as real and powerful tonight that it's ever been love of God, the love of truth, the power of his presence and his spirit moving upon us. If you haven't been, you need to start helping us pray about the spiritual realm of this nation. If you think it's not going to affect us, you're kidding yourself. And the battle's up to the church. The White House is not going to be able to do it. Your local courtrooms is not going to be able to do it. Your hospitals, both physically and mentally, it's not going to be able to. They don't have the answers. It's the church of the living God. That's going to give itself and offer itself with some old-fashioned fasting and praying. And saying, you know what? I'm going to know my maker. Because it's God's will to use every vessel in this house tonight. God's got something for each one of us in his kingdom tonight. So let's get after it. Let's do it. Thank you again, Brother Rouse, for the word of God. Appreciate you so much. Amen. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Good Lord's will. We'll be back here Sunday morning. The rapture takes place. Y'all can have my parking place. <laughs> you can have my truck, my house. You can have it all. Amen.
Amen. Praise God. But I hope to meet you over there. It's going to happen in a moment. It's going to happen in a twinkling eye. You're not going to have time to tell the one that's next to you goodbye. We're just going to be gone. And then they're going to try to explain it away, I'm sure. But that doesn't matter to us. We're just going to be, be thankful to be with him. Love you. Appreciate you tonight. God bless you. Good to see everybody. God bless you tonight.